When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What's going on, guys? We're back here with another episode. I've got a very special guest today, Steph Sanchez of the 49K Podcast, here to recap the NFL Combine, which she attended and has some very interesting stories. So we'll get into all of that right after this. Stay tuned. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the show. As I said, I got a very special guest, Steph, here with me today. How you doing? Doing pretty well. Doing pretty well. How about you? I'm good. I'm good. And, uh, you know, one part of the NFL, busy part, that's over. We got a free agency. I mean, we've heard a couple of the franchise tag talks, extension talks, and all that kind of stuff. But I want to focus on the NFL Combine today because – you were there last week, and it seems like it was a it was a blast for you. Before we start talking 49ers related stuff, just tell us about your experience, how you enjoyed kind of going out there for the first time, and all that. Uh, it, I mean, it was an awesome experience. I I had gone to the Senior Bowl like what last month or so, and I knew that it was going to be just like a way bigger version of that in a sense, just like the amount of people and just like the type of networking you do but I think even I underestimated it a little bit it was just um it was really cool I, I liked indeed downtown a pretty cool area and just getting to know people shaking some hands you know getting to network and uh uh also just interviewing players like I feel like that's something that I improved on like as the week went on and and so that was a cool experience for me just as I continue to grow and, and building, I guess, media chops, uh, that was definitely a highlight for me. Um, and of course, getting to meet John Lynch, right? Like who doesn't want to do that? So all together, it was a, it was a great week. I'd definitely do it again. Hey, that's great to hear. I mean, we, I, I saw the John Lynch, uh, part earlier today. And I mean, that's a very cool story, but it all in itself, I mean, it seems like just a bunch of NFL heads all in the same location for the entire week. Seems like a very cool experience. And let's start off with some of the earlier position groups. Who was there? Uh, was the first day Tuesday or Wednesday uh, that drill started? Uh, well, I think it started Tuesday, but uh, it, that day was just uh, GM interviews. Um, mm. 
and I wasn't at coach interviews and I wasn't there that day. I got there Tuesday night. Um, so Wednesday was my first day and that was defensive lineman um, right. and DBs, I believe. So, yeah, yeah. Defensive. I mean, those two groups, defensive lines, deep DBs had a couple of very uh, cool prospects. Let's start there. What did you think about uh, the defensive line group? Uh, just the initial outlook and then a certain uh, couple of players that you thought intrigued you. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely a group I think the 49ers are going to be looking at. Uh, I mean, I, I feel like, again, like you said, it's a very deep defensive line class, and I think there's a lot of guys that the 49ers would potentially be interested in. Um, just from the ones that I was a- able to gather, just like, uh, you know, Brad Brad Graham, the SF Niners, was able to gather, and, and uh, Jordan, uh, like Byron Young from Tennessee, one of the uh, players the 49ers met with. Um Dante Still, Zach Pickens, uh, DJ Dale, Isaiah McGuire. I know his name is starting to pop up a little bit more as well if people, you know, start doing more research on players. Um, Akena uh, and Chukwu, I think I'm saying his name right, hopefully. Um, and From then, Rice, uh, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. And then there's, uh, Ada, is it Ada Baywar? Ada Bawar? Oh, a devil, uh, a devil war, right? Uh, a devil war. He's he's a beast. I mean, I don't think he's going to be in the 49ers range at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, he met with all 32 teams uh, throughout the process. So definitely someone who is a freak of nature. I would love to have him on the 49ers, but I just don't see it happening just based on like just how much his stock has grown uh, throughout this process. But right. Yeah, there's there's definitely a, a lot of guys there for the 49ers to to be interested in. As far as the DBs go, like Jail Skinner, I, I was bummed, you know, that to hear that he tore his pec. Yeah. Um, definitely someone who shined for me at the senior bowl. So I was really looking forward to seeing him uh, you know, show off his athleticism at the combine. But of course, you know, he wasn't gonna be participating he may participate in his pro day is what i gathered so um hopefully there's still a chance that we'll get to see him there but definitely a guy i think the 49ers would probably be interested in um and you know again we'll just have to see if he would even fall to their range they it might be one of those things where you have to move up into the second if you really like him uh but he's someone who i think would fit in really well with what the 49ers are wanting to do um another you know, safety that I liked and I got a chance to talk to is Daniel Scott out of Cal, uh, a guy who's not going to get a lot of mention. He's 25. So he's definitely one of the older prospects. So that right there for a lot of people is going to be like a, a no, take him off the board kind of thing. But I, if you look at how he tested, um, I believe his RAS score was in the nine point something. Right. So, uh, definitely has the athleticism to make you at least consider, despite the age, um, you know, bringing him in. He he told me he met with the 49ers briefly, so that was probably an informal. Um, but definitely be on the lookout for him p- to potentially, you know, be at the local pro day for the 49ers because, you know, the cow right. connection. So, uh, yeah, just, just keep an eye on him. Uh, Jamie Robinson as well out of Florida State. Um, you know, another guy, he said that was a meeting that stood out for him meeting with 49ers. So that to me tells me that the 49ers had extra interest in him because most of the time when you ask a player, what are some of the teams uh, or the meetings that stood out to you? I don't hear the 49ers mentioned often. It's usually like Ravens, Steelers, like the same teams over and over. 
but usually if if uh if a team stands out to a player it's because they have legit interest and they're kind of it you know they they get that feel that there's interest right so um jamie robinson definitely um one of those guys and uh you know I don't, as far as how he tested i think he he was all right i believe i know he ran just a smidge under four six yeah um, so he's like in the hufanga range in a way uh where he'll have i think pretty solid short area burst I, I don't know about long speed necessarily but yeah yeah, so that that's another guy, but uh, definitely they're looking at you know DBs, right? Like they they met with Riley Moss formerly as well, who looked really good actually. Um, he tested well, Darius Rush as well, uh, Makai Blackman out of USC, and the 49ers, they they like their USC guys, right? So, um, keep an eye on that. Uh, Jay Ward out of LSU as well. Um, so yeah, I mean they're definitely going to be in the the DB market. Um, and it'll just be interesting to see like who, who they end up picking up. Yeah, um, no, I agree. Yeah. But as far as like some of the other positions, like if you were to ask me what seemed to be like the position they're most into, definitely tight ends got the sense that they met with all of them, or if not most of them, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of offensive linemen, of course. Uh, and for the offensive linemen, like it seemed like they're looking at a lot of centers um, and not just centers, but like also versatile guys, guys that could play multiple positions on the line. I personally, I fell in love with Jake Andrews out of Troy. Um, I did see him at the senior bowl. He was a bit of a mixed bag there, but he did well in one-on-ones. It was more so like when he was getting into the, um, like the seven on seven, 11 on 11s kind of thing. There's a lot of weird snaps, but, I kind of, at this point, I'm chalking that up to that being, you know, they have, they didn't have a lot of reps together. So maybe the timing is just off when you're thrown into a situation like the senior bowl. Um, But like I said, in one-on-ones, he did well. When I interviewed him, he was one of my favorite interviews. uh, Jake Andrews was, and he just gave me like really good in-depth answers. You can tell like he was really interested in, you know, the questions um, and just answering them. And yeah, it it just felt good. And he mentioned that Troy, uh, sorry, the 49ers met him at Troy a couple times. So like they, they traveled out to Troy just to see him, uh, which I think was, was notable. Um, And he met with them at the senior bowl as well. So, you know, now a couple meetings with the 49ers at this point, Uh, also a guy that um, Jim Nagy, cause Brad spoke with Jim Nagy. Um, at the combine, he asked him like who would be great fits for the 49ers as a right tackle. He mentioned Bl- uh, Blake Freeland Blake out Freeland. of BYU. Yeah. So definitely a name to keep an eye on. And Freeland did meet with the 49ers as well. So that's just, just another guy to to keep an eye on. Um, and sorry, I feel like I'm, <laughs> I'm like talking so much. I'm getting um, all the information, so I'm good. <laughs> but continue forward. And- <laughs> the tight ends, though, uh, an ex- a very exciting group of guys. Like, honestly, right. this may be the deepest tight end class in a really long time. Um, and so re- after watching them, uh, it, you know, do their drills and everything, I came away with the thought that, you know, I think I'd be happy with any one of them. Uh, I haven't watched <laughs> the tape on a lot of these guys, so take that for what it's worth. But just as far as the athleticism that some of these guys have, you, you can tell that, you know, they're going to be in the NFL, right? So guys like Payne Durham. Durham was a guy who I liked at the Senior Bowl. So happy to know that he met with the 49ers at the Combine. 
Uh, Braden Willis was someone who his interview was interesting because he told me when I asked him about the 49ers and had he met with them, he said, yeah, they love me. I love them, which like usually guys don't give out that information. Uh, So that tells me like that was probably uh, obviously mutual interest and that meeting stuck out to him. Uh, So just keep an eye on that, I guess. Uh, Brenton Strange, he looked great in the blocking sled uh, drill. Uh, and, you know, any any tight end that can block is, is going to be the 49ers type. So, uh, you know, Darnell Washington probably did the best in that drill. He made he made that look a little too easy, right? Like, <laughs> uh, how are you moving this blocking sled so easily? Um, and who's the other guy? The guy from uh, Iowa. Um, he met with the 49ers. Um, Sam Laporta, he, he met with the 49ers um, formally as well. So obviously there's that, you know, Iowa connection with Kittle. So, uh, right. you know, something to keep an eye on there. But, yeah, they're definitely going to get a tight end. I'm so excited because this is the draft to do it. And I've personally, so I, I've I've been wanting like a tight end to, uh, you know, to pair with Kittle for a while now. So I'm excited about this group of guys. No, I agree. And real quick, uh, Mariah here is asking, who was the one? I love them. I, they love me. Was it Braden Willis for Oklahoma? That was Braden Willis out of Oklahoma. Yeah. But you talk about the tight end group, right, and how deep it is. I mean, you have kind of all sorts of different ones. Yeah. Consistent guys, guys that can catch the ball, guys that have just been consistent and showcased it at the Senior Bowl, like a Payne Durham. You've got the athletic freaks, Darnell Washington, obviously, uh, in that mix. Good blockers, but you also have good versatile guys, guys that can block and guys that can uh, uh, obviously catch the ball as well. So it seems like there's a variety. And Adam Peters, in an interview with Matt Barrow, specifically pointed out the tight end class is one of the deeper classes. So there just does appear to be a sentiment that the 49ers will look to secure one. I don't know exactly which round because of how deep the class is, but they'll look to take one and compliment George Kittle with whoever they end up taking. And that's a great thing, right? Like the fact that it's so deep, they don't need to feel uh, like they need to grab one with their first pick, you know, the third round, Um, you know, they can, they can wait, I think. And because it's so deep, you're going to find guys who are, very talented who maybe people were slating to go, you know, way earlier that end up falling just because the class is so deep and, you know, people are looking at other positions. So naturally I think some guys are going to end up going in those later rounds. And so I think it's possible for the 49ers to end up with what's seen as, you know, potentially like a steal or a value pick um, at the position. And that to me is also very exciting uh, because like I said, a lot of these guys look really good. I didn't even mention uh, Zach Koontz um, out of Old Dominion. He's a guy who I, so before the combine, I was doing some research. Okay. Who are some guys I need to keep an eye on? A lot of people were saying Zach Koontz. And so I was like, okay, he's going to be a riser here. Going to keep an eye out for him. And and sure enough, he was. So I, I made it a point to talk to him as well. He did meet with the 49ers at the combine. I believe it was an informal um, but again, he tested really well. So, uh, a, a guy to keep an eye on. There's just, so, there's so much talent across the board. And like you said, a, a lot of different strengths on, on some of these guys. So I think the most well-rounded one, um, aside from like maybe the top guys who the 49ers have no chance of getting is Darnell Washington, right? Which 
they probably don't have a chance again in Washington either, but maybe he gets to the second round. And if they really, really like someone like that, they can move up. Um, but again, I wouldn't feel bad if they don't get someone like that. There's going to be some really good value um, in the later rounds as well. So that's exciting. Exactly, exactly. And that's the way to uh, to look at it. And you talk about the depth at tight end, and that likely indicates the 49ers don't necessarily move up for one, understanding the value they have at the position. But some of the other positions you mentioned, uh, safety, D-line, maybe even right tackle if we talk about it. Do you get the sense that there could be a trade-up understanding who the 49ers have, uh, have interviewed, but also the talent at each position and the desire to get a better player? It's it's so unpredictable. The 49ers are unpredictable when it comes to their trades, who they trade up for. You would hardly ever guess, like, oh, they're going to trade up for this guy, right? Because all the times they've traded up, I'm like, uh, that's not who I would have gone for, but okay. Uh, but, you know, a lot of the times those players end up doing pretty well for the most part anyway. So, uh, but yeah, possibly. I feel like if they were to trade up, most likely maybe it would be for an offensive lineman. And I only say that because I think offensive lineman is not as deep as some of those other position groups that I mentioned. And maybe they will look for someone who can potentially start day one. And you're not really going to get someone like that at the right tackle position, um, you know, in those later rounds. It'll be much harder. So that's why I think, if they did trade up, I would say offensive line, but at the same time, who the hell knows? Because they're so unpredictable when it comes to that kind of stuff. Thank you. There we go. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I I agreed on the unpredictability. Let's look at the right tackles now, because obviously Mike McGlinchey doesn't seem likely that he returns to San Francisco. Colton McKivitz potentially being that guy right now, but. The 49ers, they've done well in insulating for the future uh, in the past, looking to get the solution for the future in the past. Colton McKivitz could be that guy in the way that they've groomed him over the last couple of years to take over now at right tackle, as uh, or at least it appears. But if they do look to address tackle, you mentioned Blake, Blake Freeland. What can you say about some of the guys that they might look to target at that position? Um, yeah, you know, T Tyler Steen was another guy I spoke with out of Alabama. He's, he's a tackle. Um, I believe Wanya Morris is a tackle as well, but the, the biggest thing was versatility. Like they, mm, they like to right. find those guys who have played multiple positions and don't be surprised if we see a guy that has only played at guard and center and they move them to tackle. They they've done some weird things like that in the past where they move guys out of their, natural position um at, at what they feel is is the best fit for that player based and their scheme uh you know based on what they're looking for so it would not surprise me at all especially because a lot of the guys who um you know i asked who had met with the 49ers were seen as those versatile guys of course any player you ask because a lot of the offensive linemen are, are asked like would you be okay with like moving around on the line would you be okay playing this and that all of them are going to give you the same answer. Yes. I'm, you know, cause it's like a job interview. Of course, you're not going to say no. Right. So, um, all of those guys say they're interested in moving or wouldn't be opposed to it. But at the end of the day, do all those guys have the, the talent level or just like the, the type of skill sets that fit at that position? That's a whole nother question. Um, so, if the 49ers want to move a guy around is because they feel like they, you know, that player has a skill set and they've done it before. So it would not surprise me if once again, they did that. So 
again, if they've drafted like a, a guard, don't be surprised. Don't get mad because they might be looking at that guy to move at tackle, right? So we'll, we just have to wait and see in that post-draft presser what, what the consensus is, what John Lynch says, and, and what um, – you know, what role they see for that player. Cause it might not be a guy that we think based on right tackle, he's played right tackle before. Oh, that's going to be the guy. Not necessarily. I don't think. No, I, I think that that's fair. I and mean, when we saw it last year, right? I mean, Nick Sakel had played tackle in his career. Spencer Burford had played tackle in his career. You see one move to guard and one, the other one potentially moved to center. I mean, uh, it, it has been a part of their, uh, their ideal or kind of, uh, the way that they've gone about their process. And you mentioned a couple of names, Tyler Steen, Wanya Morris, some of those intriguing candidates. And I think this draft's going to be very interesting because it's not top heavy. It definitely isn't yeah. top heavy, but there's a good amount of depth at certain positions, but they're valuable positions. I mean, we talk about right tackle or tackle in general, uh, offensive line. I think there's solid amount, even on the interior. I think there's a fairly solid amount of depth and maybe not high end, caliber depth but enough depth to where you can transform some players into starters safety we mentioned how there's a good amount of players and defensive line there's always a good amount of players so a lot of important positions i I wonder which ones are the ones where you start seeing runs earlier and where teams start to overdraft that position and that might force the 49ers hands one way or another into getting a player that they want yeah, that that is a good point because, like I said, I think offensive line is is kind of one of those positions that's not as deep, right? So definitely might force the 49ers' hand and and you know getting them to trade up, um, and like I said, even even the DBs as well. Uh, you know, some of them like a guy like Skinner again. If they really like someone like that, you're gonna have to trade up. Um, but you know, I, I think they've met with guys kind of all, all across the board, right? You got to do your due diligence on, um, you know, every, not just the top guys, but pretty much everyone, because you don't know who you're going to pick when necessarily, at least at this point, I don't think that's really been, uh, you know, decided yet. So yeah, that's definitely a possibility. Um, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, the, what, how many picks the 49ers have, like, so like is it 10 i think 10 right okay. now oh, it's like 10 so they don't need 10 picks they you know they don't need to fill 10 holes on their team uh and another thing i'll mention especially for the offensive line they like to groom their guys they right it's not often that they draft a guy to be a day one starter so that's another thing um, and that's where the Colton McKivitz thing, I think, makes sense because they can have McKivitz back for on a one year deal and, you know, draft his eventual replacement, have him, you know, groom that guy or, you know, they'll they'll develop that guy that year. And then with the intention that, you know, OK, this season uh, we're going to start you. I feel like Nick Zakel just might get that chance at center. He'll at least get an opportunity to compete. Uh, so, you know, that's kind of how like they like to play certain positions, um, not necessarily, you know, expecting them to be day one starters, but just as a developmental kind of role. Right. Right. And I mean, that's kind of like the way that they have to go about their business right now in that they understand how important the draft is. John Lynch stressed it in his conference when talking about Drake Jackson, a guy who they invested that second rounder uh, this year. It seems like they're going to try and rely on him to have a bigger role this year looking for him to step up because you don't have as much cap. You have to under- rely on lower contracts, which means draft picks yeah. and you got to make sure they hit. 
and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. And I saw Mariah, she asked a question. Um, can you explain the difference between informal and formal meetings? As far as yeah. I know, um, the formal ones is like the ones where you're speed dating. So there's, uh, I, I believe it's like hours that uh, teams have to meet with players. And I say players because it's multiple players that you get to meet with in that span of time. And I believe teams, from what I heard, they get 60, 15-minute interviews as their formal um, interviews. And that's mm -hmm. why, uh, so a lot of people were like, because I mentioned that uh, the Princeton uh, wide receiver, Andre. Oh, Andre. Chivas, I was like, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Asked him if he met with 49ers. He didn't remember. You'd be surprised how many guys like don't remember. And it's because of that. It's, it's literally speed dating. It's at night. This week is exhausting for them. Um, so I, I don't hold it against them if they don't remember who they've met with. It's it's a really grueling week for them. Uh, and quite frankly, not every team is going to stand out to you. You know, I mean, some teams probably have boring interviews. You know, why would I remember the, what team that was? Right. So. I'll just say that because uh, I was getting, you know, people giving players some flack on that. And I, mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, but no, yeah, that so that's sense. the difference. I'm not sure like when the informals happen. I, I think it's more so like you just kind of find them in the hallway, maybe kind of thing. Like, um, but yeah, so the formals are like the designated times that you get to meet with a, with a player and it's 15 minutes. Yeah, no, I, I, that's a good in, insight there because obviously these formal meetings, there are so many of them because you have the 60-minute period for every single position group and, or uh, however long period for every single position group going through. At the Combine, there's like 300 players there. So it is a yeah. – it's definitely a grueling, grueling process. And so that's why like – yeah, I, I put the list together of everyone the 49ers have met with, formal or informal, right? But I will say, keep an eye on the formal ones. Um, because and, and also, when we started getting into the top 30 visits and things like that, yeah. those, those show you the real interest, I think. You know, you're setting out time. You're using this uh, allocated time that you, you only have so many to use on this player that speaks to a uh, real interest. Uh, so I'll, I'll just say that. Yeah. Let's go to the safety position real quick, because we talk about insulating going forward. 49ers met with a good amount of safeties. Sean Gibson, John Lynch expressed the interest to uh, for it, for him to return to the team. 
What do you think San Francisco should do with the position, uh, with the hiring of Steve Wilkes, with the safety group in free agency, and with the draft? Do you think that it's imperative they look to draft a guy? Do you think they should sign another guy, or what do you what what, what do you think your plan should be? I think with a guy like Wilkes, like who's who's in the his first year in San Francisco. It would not surprise me if he wanted to draft a guy because that's a guy you can like develop, right? And um, turn into whoever you want. Um, so yeah, I, I could certainly see that. Now, I don't think they necessarily would look to a guy to start right away. Um, so I do think they're going to bring a veteran in as well. Now, whether that be a Deshaun Gibson or someone else, uh, like another free agent, uh, that is yet to be decided, right? But I think they'll definitely have some choices there. And the biggest thing to me has been, okay, Wilkes plays a lot more single high. How does that fit Gibson's skill set? Like, is that going to be good for him? Does he does he want to even do that? You know, he's he's what, 30 or something like that, 31? Uh, so asking him to take on more responsibility compared to what he had last season – Will he be willing to do that? That's kind of my biggest question. Does Steve Wilkes see him as a guy who can take on that extra responsibility? That's kind of the decision that they need to make. It would not surprise me at all if, uh, you know, Wilkes wants to get some new blood in there just because, you know, you have that opportunity, right, um, to to bring someone in and you want to kind of handpick your guys where you can, right? So, um, right. yeah, I, I could definitely see them bringing in a, a free agent safety uh, and all, it would not surprise me if they drafted one either, because at the end of the day, they need depth at the position as well. So that's where, uh, you know, a, a rookie that you can then develop to be an eventual starter can or just be depth can come in. And in a way, I, I don't know if this makes sense necessarily, but one of my takes this. After hearing the Deshaun Gibson news, I honestly think it makes more sense to draft a safety because. Prior to that, I think that there would have been a bigger need to address the position in free agency. Definitely go all in, try and get a guy in free agency. But if Gibson does return and if the 49ers are comfortable with him understanding that it's not going to cost as much uh, as, as an option likely in free agency, I would definitely go ahead and draft the safety in this draft, have them ner- uh, have that development under two top safeties in the league, and then pair them with Hufanga when Gibson likely retires at the end of the next season. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Whoever they bring in, whether it be a free agent or, uh, you know, Gibson, you know, who will also be a free agent, but you know what I mean? Um, You know, I I think those are probably uh, short-term solutions, right? So I think bringing a guy in to develop and be your eventual starter will will be a good path for them as well. Um, And yeah, I'm not opposed to Gibson just because I, you know, you, you mentioned it, he would be a cheaper option. And, you know, right now the 49ers need to kind of decide what positions they're going to spend money on and which ones are going to be like their, their value, um, the value free agent uh, signings. And Gibson could be one of those value guys who's already like on your lap. Right. So um, they could definitely go that route. It would not surprise me. But then again, like I said, with the Steve Wilkes, um, you know, change uh, that could, we don't know his philosophy, right? Like maybe he does want to bring a guy in. So um, I think that'll answer a lot of questions, what what they do there. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. I agree. Real quick, shifting to the other side, we can't go 49ers without talking quarterback. And I don't want to focus on the the starters, but 
the 49ers did meet with some guys at the combine. I think uh, the Fordham guy, Tim DeMarat, and then uh, DTR, obviously, of UCLA, among some other options. Do you think it's realistic for the 49ers to select a signal caller, or do you think that it's more realistic they go after the option in free agency uh, with the way that their roster is comprised, or both? Yeah, they met with a couple guys like Jaron Hall and and DTR at the combine, mm-hmm. and they have met with other quarterbacks. But if you look at the quarterbacks they have met with, for the most part, it's like you know guys who are going to go on day three, maybe right. undrafted. Uh, you mentioned Tim Demorat. I I interviewed him on my channel, so you know a little plug there. Just check out that interview. He was actually a a pretty good one. Um, but yes. Yeah, so I think if they do draft one, it's going to be in round six, seven, or get an undrafted guy. You don't you don't need to add another question to your quarterback room uh, when there's already so many questions surrounding this team. And also, I get the sense that they are all in on Brock Purdy, um, and you know they they feel good enough about Trey Lance to have them have him be a uh, you know backup to Purdy. So I, that's kind of how I see it. And we, as we know, they are going to bring in a veteran. Now, the caliber of that veteran, I think, will tell us everything about Brock Purdy and what his timeline is going to be like. They kind of need to know what that surgery is going to – how that surgery is going to go um, and what that timeline is going to be before they kind of decide on the type of quarterback they get. Uh, but I think that will also tell us a lot about, you know, where they kind of see this going uh, – but, you know, they're going to bring in a veteran. They're going to bring in a quarterback. So quarterback's like one of those positions, like you you kind of just want to draft every year because why not? Right. You know, um, you never know. So they'll they'll probably draft a guy, but it'll be late. I know guys have mentioned like Jay Kaner. Uh, Jay Kaner is probably going in like the third round. Right. Um, or, you know, around that range. The 49ers are not going to draft a quarterback that high if they do. Like we're in big trouble, you know what I mean? Um. And I asked Hayner if if the 49ers had met with him. He he said no. So th- there you go. Let's just squash that right now. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I, it's going to be a, a later round guy. So I, I wouldn't put too much thought into it if I were the fans. Yeah, I mean, you're right. The way that they've uh, – the guys that they've talked to, uh, it makes sense that it's a third round guy or not a third round day three guy. And that, I mean, in general, that makes sense. The 49ers aren't pressed to necessarily add at the position and understand that whoever it is likely ends up being QB three for the year. And I think the same philosophy goes towards their free agency plans in that whoever they end up getting is going to be a valuable backup who gets reps, but also will be QB three for the majority of the year. So I'm intrigued to see what they do. I think free agency obviously is going to be very telling if they go after a more higher caliber guy that you understand they, they give some guaranteed money to don't know exactly what their, uh, their draft plan would be because you likely have to cut the guy and put him on your practice squad. Um, if you already have your three quarterbacks, but if that's not the case, maybe you have a similar story to last year, not necessarily in Purdy, but in that you have a rookie competing for that third spot and ultimately wins it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, it, it, this this quarterback situation is always a roller coaster, right? But I I think it's it's pretty clear that 
you know, they see Brock Purdy as their guy just based on what he did last season. I mean, even the fact that after he got hurt, we knew he was going to be out for several uh, weeks, you know, months. There's this, we keep seeing all this Brock Purdy content coming out. And it's like, well, why is that? It's almost like they, they want people to remember, hey, like Brock Purdy, he's still our guy kind of thing. Um, that's a sense that I get. So, you know, I, I think they've they've made it cl- as clear as they can without actually saying it, you know. Um, so, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll just have to see. I, I want Trey Lance to get at least an opportunity. He's going to get an right. opportunity as, as long as Brock Purdy is going to be not cleared, right? So it, it's Trey Lance's uh, – the ball is in in his court to to kind right. of show what he has, and but I think after this, like it's going to be hard unless there's some injuries that happen to to Purdy after you know his surgery. Um, yeah, it it'll be hard for Lance to I get I think climb back, and it's mm-hmm. weird. It's it's so weird to say because like what what is that based on, like barely anything <laughs> he's barely exactly. played right so what are we i don't know it's such a weird situation with uh with trey but i just the sense that i don't know if you get the same sense but i i get the sense that it's all Brock no, Purdy. i i get the sense that the favorite is Purdy. i just don't know at the moment based on what i've heard and what the reports have come out how realistic that is right now i mean you even hear national media members and 49 like bigger 49er beat writers come out and say it's Trey Lance's job at the moment just because Brock Purdy might not be ready week one. And the more and more the surgery gets delayed, the more and more possibility that Tommy John might be on the table. We don't know until Brock mm-hmm. Purdy gets in that room whether Tommy John's on the table. That obviously changes the entirety of the 49ers' plans because it's a, it's a much longer recovery. And so there's definitely a lot to be said about it. It seems though like the 49ers favorite based on Lynch's words, the players words is Brock Purdy understanding what he did this past year. But I do hope that Trey Lance gets his opportunity. He should at the moment. And yeah. I think that you've got to roll with him if the, with the way that the situation is playing out right now. Yeah, I agree. And and also um, who, who they get as a free agent. Like I said, it, that's right. going to tell us everything because if they get a guy like Baker Mayfield, who, you know, some people have mentioned the 49ers would be interested in. If they get a guy like that, that's a guy who has started an experience. I'll mm-hmm. be, he's not like, you know, a world beater or anything, but that's a guy who can potentially push Trey push, Lance for yeah. the starting position. And that tells you everything that you need to know about how the 49ers feel about Trey Lance if they went that direction. So that would tell me a lot. So I think the veteran who they bring in tells me how they feel about Brock's recovery and then also how they feel about Lance. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens. Yeah, no, I agree there. I agree there. To end today's show, I have an interesting topic away from the NFL combine, but Jimmy Ward instead, Jimmy Ward, Obviously, no first personality went on an Instagram live and actually spoke about him playing in the nickel, said that he actually never refused to play nickel. He actually always wanted to play nickel because he watches a lot of film and t- remembered uh, earlier this year that when K1 Williams departed, that he thought that he would need to play at some point. So he got some reps in the nickel, which we saw at times in camp. And so he he explained that he also explained how. 
he is not ruling out a return to the 49ers. What do you kind of take of the comments that Ward said on Monday? I, that's definitely interesting. Like that, that part where he said he's not ruling it out. Um, but I feel like that's also contingent on Tashawn Gibson, right? Because maybe he's kind of waiting to see what Gibson does too, because if Gibson comes back, that obviously doesn't, you know, leave him his spot back. Although, you know, if he doesn't mind playing nickel, then Hey, okay. The <laughs> we'll, we'll have you back at nickel. Um, but right. the, Personally, like the scenario that I like the most, um, I don't know. I'm not opposed to Jimmy Ward coming back, but just for some time now, I've, I just was preparing myself for that not to be the case. Right. So I've, I've kind of looked at other options already and I'm like, I, I don't know. I might like that better. Um, you know, they bring Emmanuel Mosley back. Uh, they move Lenore back to the nickel. Uh, maybe Gibson is back or they, they have a free agent at, at safety opposite Hufunga. Um, so that's kind of how I'm seeing it right now, just from the money standpoint, I don't know if Jimmy Ward makes sense unless, you know, he's willing to take, you know, a hometown discount, retire with, with the team you've been with, you know? Uh, but otherwise I, I, I feel like that would be very difficult. Now, as far as him saying he, he didn't refuse to play safety to be fair. Like, I don't think John Lynch ever said he, that he refused. Um, right. <laughs> so, uh, you know. Uh, but yeah, interesting, I guess, uh, it seemed like there was just some miscommunications there. Uh, but yeah, if he wants to come back, that's, that's great. But at the same time, what if it's a negotiating tactic, right? He wants to say like, Hey, I might want to go back to my old team, offer me this to, to make sure I don't kind of thing. I don't know. Everyone says everything at this point to, you know, as a negotiating tactic. So you got to watch out for that, which he'd be smart to do, right? It, it's, it works. Um, so we'll, we'll see where he goes, uh, where he ends up. But I would be pretty surprised if, if it was back with the 49ers. I agree. Based on the tone that he had this past year, it's pretty clear he wants to play safety. And I mean, he said, I don't know, maybe I, 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 I could be playing nickel for the Niners next year. But it also sounds like that's worst case scenario for him. Understanding his market, he he's pretty he's been pretty adamant that he wants to be paid what he's worth. And San Francisco, at the end of the year, based on his initial live, did not pay him that. They paid him nickel money, but not necessarily safety money, which is what he is looking for. So I'd assume he goes on the open market, looks elsewhere, and comes back. Worst case scenario, but I don't know if that's going to happen this time around. Last the last contract that he signed, he did take a pay cut. He said over the Las Vegas Raiders. I don't know if that happens this time. I think that this one's going to be the one that he wants to secure the bag before he ends up finishing his career. Don't know where that'll be. But um, uh, yeah, maybe it's a negotiating tactic. Who knows? Maybe he ends up being a Niner. I just don't think that that's the most realistic situation at the moment. Yeah, I I agree. But as he should, right? Like he should, you know, try to get that bag. Um, I can't fault him for that. Uh, so yeah, Jimmy Ward was always one of those guys like, yeah, I would love him to retire as a Niner, but you know, that's as far as the business side that it doesn't always work out that way. So uh, happy for him wherever he ends up. Cause obviously he's going to get paid well. Yeah. Yeah. And the last topic for today, a very similar one, but with a player we heard more recently about Robbie Gould did not uh, he, he told in a way Adam Schefter he intends to play elsewhere. 49ers did not place the franchise tag on him, which means they don't get to choose whether they keep him or not. 
But Matt Barrows came out, uh, I think, on KMBR, and he said something around how he doesn't think that it's all shut. He thinks it could be a 50-50, calling it so, sort of his gut call rather than what he's heard. Do you think that that reunion might still happen, or are, are you shutting the door on that one? I'm I'm shutting the door. Um, the only way I see that scenario taking place is if Gold goes out there and his market isn't like what he thought it would be. Um, but at the same time, like I'm not sure how much the 49ers are willing to spend on the kicker position, right? Because if they were willing to spend on it, they would have probably already signed him to an extension. Right. Uh, so the fact that they want to have him test free agency out. I think they want to go with a cheaper option. Um, so, and they wouldn't be wrong for that. I, I mean, Robbie Gold already got his raise. You only, it's like you only get one raise here, pal. <laughs> you used yours up. Uh, same with Moser, right? Like it was kind of like a similar scenario where those guys asked for their raises. They got it. All right, that's it. Uh, you're not getting another one. So, see ya, kind of thing. Uh, so no, I, I don't expect Robbie Gold to come back. Uh. Unless again, like I said, he has a you know a terrible market, which I, I maybe I don't know. He's up there in age, but he's also been a pretty um, consistent kicker, one of the better uh, kickers the the last couple of years that he's been with the Niners. So he may right. find himself with a pretty good market. So um, I think the 49ers go go cheaper. There's definitely some options out there for them. I like uh, Pinero, uh, you know, played with the Panthers. And Matt Gay, he's out there too, but I think he's gonna he's gonna, he's gonna get paid get pretty money. well too. So that yeah, that doesn't make sense unless like okay, you wanted to really upgrade, but how much of an upgrade it, would that be really? Um, so yeah, but there's there's options. There's there's guys out there, and they could go the rookie route as well. God forbid. Um, <laughs> I, I'm that's not my uh, my favorite route. I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind. I could see it from the money standpoint, um, but I think you know, some one of my followers, Doug, he he posted a, um, he he put like all the, I don't know, it was a lot of math, but pretty much like the expected, over expected, all that for the kickers. Oh, for for the kickers. For yeah, the rookie kickers, and then he did it for the free agents. All all of the rookie kickers were like negative. Um, whereas like the free agents were, most of them were in the positive. There was probably like one that was in the negative. So that right there tells you like, you're not going to find a reliable guy in the draft more than likely. Um, also there hasn't been that many kickers from the draft who end up getting a second contract. So that's right. notable as well. That's just something you can't really rely on. So based on that, I have kind of shifted more so to the, let's just get a cheaper free agent option kicker yeah i i think that's fair i mean even if you want to draft a kicker i think you do have to still sign a uh, a different guy you need to comp have a competition an open one because yeah. the kicker position's one where you don't have to really worry too much about development compared to others you just want a guy that can kick 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 consistently because yeah. kicks can be the difference between a win and a loss at times especially for the 49ers who like to kick field goals more often than others and so i think yeah it, it's definitely an intriguing position as for gould don't think he returns i think that he probably wants to go somewhere closer to the midwest where his family is yeah, um I, I i also don't think the 49ers pay five million dollars for a kicker again understanding their salary cap situation at the moment yep i see that too 
but Steph, it's been a it's been a very fun show. Uh, I appreciate you coming along and giving all your uh, thoughts from the combine on a bunch of different positions. Anything you want to plug before we head on out of here? Um, yeah, I mean, my channel, uh, Steph Forty Nine K on YouTube. I saw someone was also asking me where can they see the list. Uh, I'm oh, assuming he's asking yeah. the list of the players. Um, if you go on my Twitter, uh, twitter.com slash Steph Forty Nine K. Uh, yeah, and and thank you, Rohan. He just he yeah. just posted it, actually the Google, it's just a Google Doc that just it's tracking all of the the players the 49ers have met with again formal informal not just the combine you know I'm looking at uh, the the all star different bowl bowls, games right? yeah so trying to get all of that information in, into one giant list and hopefully over time because i want to make this a more annual thing hopefully over time we start seeing some trends of like you know what the 49ers kind of like i mean to some extent we've already started to kind of put those pieces together but hopefully with the the list that extensive we'll be able to do that but uh yeah appreciate it thank you guys yeah 100 percent. i appreciate you for coming along the chat thank you guys so much for staying alive as well with your questions we will be back with some more content very soon or later today, I've got a show with Marco. That should be a lot of fun. But Steph, I appreciate your time, and we will be back soon. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Ron. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.